Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be Why do you transgress the, com- the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, He has also forsaken you. So they conspired against Him, and at the command of the king, they stoned Him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but killed his son. And as he died, he said, the Lord look on it and repay this hurts. This makes me a little upset. So that's what sin does. It's very upsetting. And, but this is how it goes when sinful man is in it. Now, in the next chapter of 12, when we get to it, we're going to see it written. It says that Joash did was right in the sight of the Lord all the days when Jehoiada the priest instructed him. As long as Jehoiada was giving him good influence and good guidance and teaching, it's like, don't do that. Let's do this. As long as Jehoiada was around, Joash did pretty good. But as soon as Joash lost Jehoiada's good guidance, he immediately fell off into sin, just like that. Friends, I cannot stress it enough, but this is why it is so godly important to your very survival to stay as close as you can within the body of Christ, to stay close with fellow believers within the body to keep yourself around good around the good influence of other believers because we are prone to being so quick to falling off into sin if that influence ever gets cut off from us i've seen people i've seen pastors that left the body of christ and went you can't go well i'm a christian i'm okay well i was a pastor once i'm okay look at joash that got out of that good influence and they dive bombed into the dirt. I'm not saying you got to stay in this church. I'd love to have you and we'll take you, but you better be somewhere. Somewhere, please don't, don't get out. You get out, warfare starts knocking you harder and you start believing what others tell you more like Joash did. They came to him and he listened to them. You start listening to that TV set a little too much, that Hollywood box too much. You start listening to them you got out of the body of Christ some kind of way, get back in. Maybe read the Bible a little more and turn the TV off a little more too, right? Be careful. You know, just because people start off well, that doesn't mean they always end up well. Walking with God takes work. Salvation's free. Yes. But walking with God takes work. It's a discipline. That's why the root word of discipline is disciple because it takes work. 
And so just like how the Lord sent prophets, just like he sent Elijah and Elisha to call Israel to repent and turn back, God also caused Jehoiada's son, Zechariah, to call Joash and his new wicked staff back to repentance also. But Joash didn't like it. And that's the big friction I have today is when I call people to repentance, they just don't like it. And I do it as lovingly as I can. I want to bless you. But I got to tell you, this way you're living is not good. You need to get right with the Lord. You need to get rid of your old life of sin and come and follow Jesus. I don't like it. And they get mad. It's the same now as it was thousands of years ago. Joash didn't like it. And so he killed him for it. How dare you call me to repentance? I'm the king. He got arrogant somewhere along the way. But what really shocks me really to the core about what Joash did to Zechariah is that Joash ordered Zechariah's execution in the very same courtyard where Jehoiada made Joash king. Guys, I really, mm, this study over the week knocked me all over the place. It had my emotions up. It had them down. Same place where he was made, this traditional spot where the king stood, he had Zechariah killed right there. He, Joash should have remembered what Jehoiada had done for him. So with this sudden twist in the story here, I want to fast forward you to a time when Jesus was talking. Guys, we're going to be all over history today. (laughs) This is a great chapter. (laughs) I want to fast forward you to when Jesus was calling out the Pharisees for their hypocrisy, because it links into something Jesus said. These Pharisees, they had gone out, they were decorating the tombs of the prophets, thinking, oh, people are going to love us because look at what we put on the, the, the tomb of the prophet of so-and-so over here. Aren't we so godly? When in reality, they were the ones that killed the prophets and put them in there. Hypocrisy. And so why did the Pharisees kill these prophets? For the same reason that Joash killed Zechariah, because they didn't like listening to these prophets call them to repentance. So they killed them. Now look at what Jesus says to them in Matthew 23, verse 34. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, And some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. There's Zechariah, the one that got killed in the temple. Now, I know Zechariah was the son of Jehoiada. We know that. Jesus called him the son of Berechiah. Probably, maybe he was a descendant of Berechiah somewhere in there. But this is is Zechariah. Now, the same Zechariah that was killed in the temple court, same place where Joash was, was coronated. But what got me again, here comes another spin, which was really cool. Look at how Jesus linked Abel the first murdered martyr, the first person to die in all human history, the first murdered martyr, he linked Abel way back then all the way down to Zechariah, who was a martyr in the temple courtyard. You got two martyrs, the first one all the way to Zechariah. He linked these two guys together. And I went, kaboom, in my head, what is this? 
Why did Jesus mention both Abel and Zechariah as if to put them both in the same category together? You can go back to YouTube and play this over as many times as you want. I know I'm feeding you fast. (laughs) Okay. Why did he put them together? Well, first off, we know that Zechariah was killed for calling Joash to repentance. We know that. That's what it says here. But is that the same reason why Abel was killed by Cain? Was there a call to repentance in there somewhere? I think there was. And I want to show you something. Let's take a look. We're going to go rewind way back to Genesis. I just took you forward to Jesus. Now let's go back to Genesis. We are all over the place today. I want you to look at this. Genesis 4 and 4 says, The Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. See, he's given him a choice. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now look at verse 8. You watch this. Here we go. Catch this. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Okay, so Cain was already upset about his bad sacrifice, but in verse 8, it says that Cain and Abel talked. You see that? They, they had a conversation with each other. Now, I got to thinking, what do you think this conversation was about? What do you think they talked about? Genesis does not directly say, but when you consider how Jesus linked Abel with Zechariah together, I believe that in their discussion, Abel advised Cain to repent and change his sacrifice. I think that's what happened. Perhaps Abel even offered to help Cain with how to do it, to to make his sacrifice better. And that's what infuriated Cain enough to kill Abel. The pride of how dare my little brother instruct me on what to do. You see what we got out from between the lines here? Cain could not stand to hear the call to repentance from Abel any more than Joash could stand to hear the call to repentance from Zechariah. And Jesus used both Abel and Zechariah as a witness and put them together as a witness against the Pharisees because the Pharisees couldn't stand to hear the call to repentance from Jesus either. Man, guys, this one has run me around. (laughs) But friends, some people just hate that R word, that rated R word, repentance. They don't like it. I want my sin, somebody hurt me, and I'm going to keep it. You need to let it go. You need to repent of that. No. And it makes them mad. I'll quit your church, you say that again. They've told me that. So I'm like, what do you want me to do? Cut out that part of the Bible and not tell you? People can't stand to hear the repent word. It infuriates them to think that they aren't good enough. Guys, let me go ahead and break it down to you right now. Let me get as blunt as I can. I'm a man. I talk black or white. Not a whole lot in the middle. It's all with love, though, I promise you, okay? (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, you're not good enough. Let's just swallow that. You're not. I'm not either. And that's why we need a Savior, because we blew it. 
let me put a thought on in your mind that I tell myself, Ray, just get over yourself. Just get over yourself. Well, they said I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm a sinner. I messed up. I damaged all of it. It took Jesus to pull me up out of it. I'm not good enough. And that's why people hate the repentance word. Are you saying I'm not good enough? Pretty much. You need a savior because he is good enough. People just can't stomach this theology, this truth. They don't like it. You're not good enough. Jesus had to make the way of salvation that none of us can make for ourselves. And I know some people hate it when believers call them to repent. You can just see the fury in their eyes when you do it. But the reason we call people to repentance is not because we think we're better than them. The reason we call people to turn back to God is because we know something that they don't know is coming. There's a king that's coming. A son of David is coming who brings peace. And we want you to have it like we have it. Many unbelievers are calling people to repentance, but there's a lot of unbelievers. And guess what? Most unbelievers think they're saved. And the red flag that ought to tell them otherwise is that you're still playing around in your old temple of sin. They're going to be conducting doing business as normal, but then one day they're going to be suddenly shocked when they see a new king coming, a king who has a rightful claim to the throne of David. And that is 2 Timothy 2.8. Remember that Jesus Christ, the son of David, that's legitimate. The son of David was raised from the dead. He's coming, and they ain't going to know it's coming, just like they didn't know Joash was coming until he came out. Friends, kings are always anointed because they set up that protected off area to have him anointed so that that could go down. They had to protect his anointing. Friends, Jesus Christ has also been anointed as king. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He's our king. So remember how everybody rejoiced at their new king that held the testimony of God in his hands because they knew this meant they would be set free from the burden of Athaliah's wicked lawlessness. We're free from this burden. And they were happy about it. Psalm 119.14 says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. That's like if I had every dollar, every ounce of gold on the entire planet, I rejoice in the Lord's testimonies, what the Lord said he would do, the promises that Lord God gave me. I rejoice in that like a lot of people would jump up and down if they had all the money in the world. That's good news, guys. Friends, we should rejoice in King Jesus. Don't just think of Jesus and go, yeah, Jesus is out there, okay, what's on TV? Get excited about Jesus. You should see that Bible on your shelf and go, I want to jump in and see what's in there next. Or do you pass it by? It's okay if you passed it by in the past, I'm not going to jump on you. But from now on, it's like he told Cain, you can start doing better. He gave him a choice today. You got your choice to pursue the Lord, the Lord God in his word. Because the Lord God, Jesus, he sets us free from the burden of lawlessness. Now, remember that there was nothing that Athaliah could do to overturn Joash's reign because Joash was a covenant king. Friends, I want to tell you, 
when you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there is nothing, nothing that Satan can do about it. He cannot overturn it. He cannot take it away from you. Because Jesus is a covenant king who has the power to uphold and bind and seal his promise of salvation upon us. If that don't get you happy, I have nothing left. (laughs) That's exciting to me right there. Now remember how the only thing that Athaliah could do was shout a bunch of accusations. Treason, she said. But you know, if I was there and I heard her shouting treason, I'd be looking, hey, we got Joash the king, accusation. I'd look at her and say, so what? She shouted all the accusations she could. So what? And they put her down for her wickedness and she was unable to do anything. Revelation 12, 10 says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Friends, after Jesus becomes your king, Satan is going to call you names. He's going to accuse you. He's going to bring up every foul and bad and dirty thing that ever you did or that ever happened to you, and he's going to try to shout guilt on you. But you know what? So what? I have a covenant king. Who cares what Satan says? (laughs) I know there's times you walk along and the world calls you things and you let it get to you. That's not your language to listen to. That is Satan's language of accusation. So what? You don't have to listen to it. What does God say about you? Satan is powerless over you because King Jesus has paid for all that sin. He's paid for that guilt. He took it away. Well, I remember what you did. So what? Yeah, but remember when you, so what? I've been saved by Jesus. Get out of here. That's how you treat that. Satan's accusations can't stick. And like Athaliah went down, Satan is going down for his wickedness. So today in verse 17, we read that the high priest made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people. He made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people. Friends, Jesus is our high priest, and he has done the same thing for you and me. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He linked us all together who were once apart. Friends, David's line still lives. That's the same thing as saying Jesus still lives. David's line still lives. That covenant promise is still alive. He is a covenant king of promise who has freed us from oppression and given us peace. And I say, long live the king. And it says everybody clapped their hands and rejoiced. Thank you, Lord God, for what you have done for us. Wasn't this a good chapter? I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope you take it to heart. Again, go to YouTube, listen to it over and over because there's a lot of information there. Father, we thank you for coming for us. Thank you that you put covenant on us. Nobody can do anything about it. 
Lord, I ask you right now, anybody that's hearing the call to repentance in this message today, that rather than get upset about it, that they hear it. And they realize, you know what? Yes, I have done bad things. I have committed sin. But that they also realize that Jesus died so they could be saved. And they give their life over to the Lord so that they can experience the peace that the people experience today and get out from under that burden. Father, help us with this. Help us take the message of repentance and the gospel of Jesus to other people that they will listen. And Lord, let us remember to give it with love and not accusation. Because when we speak the devil's language, it never gets through. Thank you, Father, for this story. I could go on all day, but Lord, I'll leave the rest of the day to you to work with them. (laughs) Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to review some things about your life, the oppressions that you've been under, something that has owned you and put pressure on you for a long time like the people in the story here. And it says it was quiet. They had peace because that new king, they, they tore the old places down. And you know what? Athaliah realized she could not manage God's kingdom. She couldn't do it. You can't either. And so anything that has plagued you and hurt you and pained you for however long, you need to turn it over to the king. You need to turn it over to Jesus. I'm not saying don't let it bother you anymore. That's insensitive. What I'm saying is turn it over to the Lord. Let him deal with it. You've been either harboring it and managing trash, like somebody sweeping stuff under a rug. You're supposed to take trash out. You don't leave it in the house. You've been managing trash. Don't do that. Let the Lord take the trash out. Let him get it gone and have peace. If you need that, I need you to pray with me, and let's get that taken care of so that you can take whatever it is, figuratively, you drop it on the floor in here, you walk away from it, and don't ever pick it up again. Leave it here. It's bothered you long enough. It's hurt you long enough. Yeah, there's going to be some things to deal with through it. I understand that. I got mine too. But what I'm saying is turn it over to the Lord. Let's get it done today. Let's do it for real. Amen? Let's do it as a body of Christ together, as an assembly around good influence where you know you're not getting bad information. We read the Bible today, but don't go out there and just listen to anybody like Joash did. That's what keeps you in a rut. Let's listen to the Lord's word today. Father, I pray for everybody in here, the pains and the, and the, the burdens that they've carried, Lord, deliver them. And Lord, like you told Cain, you've got the opportunity to do right. And will you not be better off for it? But if not, sin lies at your door. Lord, we're presented with a choice today that we're not going to get upset at the call to repentance. We're going to welcome it. Lord, this isn't just about saved, unsaved. Even those of us who are saved, even we have things to repent of. Help me work on it as I pray for everyone in the room. The things we have allowed to burden our lives, we let it go now. We tear it down. We thoroughly destroy it. And we don't pick it up anymore. Get it out of our lives, Lord God, and thank you for this story so that we can understand what you expect of us as your believing people. Thank you, Father, for coming after us and making that covenant to link us together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. I almost couldn't get that out. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.